Chats from the Blog Cabin. Your favorite podcast is here. Hey, y'all. Um, real quick, I wanted to give a shout out to everybody and wish everybody happy Thanksgiving. Um, it's the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. Actually, it's the Monday before Thanksgiving, but I'm posting this so we will be live on Tuesday before Thanksgiving. Instead of doing Monday, Wednesday, Friday this week um, for the podcast, I'm doing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday because y'all know that everybody's Black Friday shopping, whether it's online or in person. Um, please be safe out there. Try not to get into too much of a fight over our goods. For me, I did most of my shopping online. I don't like getting out in, out in the crowds. But I really think that this particular episode that I just recorded today is perfect. Not only does... Um, William Bill speak about Thanksgiving during this episode, but he also talks about how it's important to listen to the older generation as as we're sitting around the table and listening to their stories. Unfortunately, um, I will not be spending Thanksgiving or Christmas with my mom this year. Um, having in last year as well because she chooses to have not have us there. Long story, um, as you know. If you're a long time listener to the podcast, I don't have the greatest relationship with my mom and she chooses another one of my siblings over me and I've never asked her to, but my sister has asked her to choose between her or me and she chooses my sister. So that kind of is me in a nutshell. But other than that, um, it looks like maybe there'll be maybe three, possibly four. My, my middle daughter may come home for Thanksgiving, but it's it's sad to me that a parent can do that to their child. I hope that if I do that to any, if my girls, if I ever do that to my girls, they call me out on it. Um, I don't have the relationship with my mom that I could call her out on it and say, hey, it hurts. So hopefully maybe somebody who's listening can totally understand. Um, I rarely resonated with Sheila's episode because she talked about, you know, how her mother, she didn't feel loved by her mother. And that's how I feel. But, um, so that said, sorry, that was a downer, but I wanted to make sure that you knew that it's a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And this episode, I actually recorded Monday, um, to go live on Tuesday. I hadn't planned on for it to go live on Tuesday, but he mentioned about being inter intergenerational friendships and listening to our elders. And I just thought it was perfect to play for Thanksgiving. So hope you enjoy it. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of Chats in the Blog Cabin. You know, the show where I virtually invite people into the blog cabin to chat about life. And today I think it's perfect that the, the weather is rainy outside. It's kind of chilly because it's a good time to curl up with a good book and just chill. And I honestly think this book, Into the Wind, that Bill wrote is amazing. And I absolutely love this book. And I, I told you before we went on that I would actually tell you why a little bit later on. So I'm going to tell you why. Keep the suspicions a little bit later. But Bill, <laughs> welcome to the show and introduce yourself and tell us who you are before we get into chatting about the book. Yeah, um, my first name is Bill. Um, and if you want to be formal, it's William. Um, my last name is Luazo. Um, don't worry about pronouncing it. You can just call me Bill L if you'd like. Um, my last name, if you know French, means the birds. Um, quick introduction, I'm um, 
oh gosh, I'm a father and I'm uh, not necessarily in these orders, by the way, but father, husband, um, and I'm a writer. Uh, I've written a number of children's books. Um, this is my most recent children's books book. I've also um, written numbers of um, uh, adult books and I both fiction and nonfiction and um, I write essays and stories. So I'm kind of all over the map as a writer. Uh, but um, we're here to talk about a children's book and I, I love writing children's books. Uh, it's, it's when you have a, when you have a child, my, my child now is 30. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, but when she was, uh, uh, you know, four, five, six, seven, uh, and uh, was reading children's books. I I had never written a children's book, so I got interested. You know, when she start reading Charlotte's Web, and you think, as a writer, whoa, I'd love to try to do that. Mm -hmm. Until you find out how hard it is. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's a quick a, a quick bio. I'm in. I live in Washington D.C. right now, but uh, spent some time in Massachusetts, New York State as well. So. That's me, and you can ask any questions you want of me, and I'll try to try to bat them back to you. I love how you said you got into writing children's books because of your daughter. Was yeah. there ever a time where she was like, "Daddy, write this for me," or you felt like, "Oh, I can write something like that. I need to do, put something out so that she can read it." Yeah, that's part of the. Um, I actually had um, the pleasure about when this book came out. Um, of um, I'm, of my daughter reading my words back to me. And mm -hmm. it, it, it was, um, and, and you know, she's 29 years old or 30 years old now. And um, that was like really moving <laughs> to, to, to me. When I was, when, uh, when, when she was a child, um, I was often in my study writing these, these children's books, mm -hmm. but I would tell her what they were about um as she was growing older but then eventually she grew beyond children's books which is one of the things that happens with with mm -hmm. with, ch with children but i kept writing some of them as as well but uh, as as for back then when she was that young did she read my books back to me no but i think she read them um i'm quite sure she read them she probably read them on the sly <laughs> so. i love that right now, but I it, is a, it is a way for parents. I mean, I'm lucky to be a writer because it's, mm -hmm. it's a way for you to put into words what you're thinking and what you're feeling. And you know that your children will eventually be, be, reading, be reading your work. But I would think even if you're not a professional writer, writing what's on your mind, the stories that you might want a child to read is pretty it's a good thing to put put those things down on 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 paper uh i i say that also as a as an older guy who's had parents and i'm maybe at the time i wasn't as interested in my parents mm -hmm. stories but i now i now am and i i've been reading some of their journals and diaries so um but all i'm saying is go ahead and write stuff down <laughs> or Keep it electronically. I love that. Now, what was the inspiration behind Into the Wind? Yeah, um, I had a very 
feisty aunt when I was younger. And um, she, she was, as she was, she grew more and more feisty, I'll say, as she grew older. And after she died, I was at her memorial service and a fellow at the service told a story and he was a young sailor. My, life, my, um, my aunt lived on the coast of Maine. She loved sailing, but before, in the, in the years before she died and months before she died, she was in a wheelchair. Mm. And she was one of these people who loved life, really loved it, loved sailing, loved to get out there and sort of seize, mm -hmm. seize the moment. And he told this story at her memorial service of him coming into the dock one day and finding her on, on, the, on the pier. And she's saying to him, take me out sailing. I want it. she's in a wheelchair, take me out sailing. He comes and docks his boat on the pier. And he says, no, there's a storm coming on. This is, you know, you, you gotta be kidding me. And she says, no, take me out sailing. And he says, why, how is that gonna happen? And she says, well, I can get in, I can get into your boat. And she gets herself into her boat you know, she asked him to put down some planks, some planks for her to roll her, her self in her wheelchair onto the boat. She lashes herself to the mast and they go out sailing in a storm. And she absolutely loves it, absolutely loves it. And it's one of the last things that she does in her life. And so I thought, boy, that's a story. There's a, there's a story there about a kid and an older person, and and I kind of make up sort of the rest of it. But that was the that was the inspiration for it. That was the germ of it. Okay, now I'm going to tell you why I really like the story. First of all, <laughs> you you talked about a feisty aunt. Well, I had a feisty grandmother. Okay, there you go. <laughs> she was she was I think the last 15 years of her life she was legally blind, but she still lived by herself. She had right. no limitations. She had overcome so much in her life. Yeah. But can you guess what the grandmother's name was? My grandma. Oh, it name? wasn't Hazel, was it? Yes, it was. Oh, no wonder you like the book. I yeah, the feist. I, I was like, you typed <laughs> Hazel to a T in this book. It's like yeah. I had to look, and then when I saw you lived in Massachusetts for a while, I'm like, wait a second, did he know her, my grandmother? No, I don't. This was this was not based on your grandmother, though. I'm happy to uh, to know that you had a feisty grandmother. Um, yeah, she was, I, I, I fell in love with her as a character, um, as, as I wrote this book, she's not just feisty, but, um, she, because she's lived a long time and learned to live with things like, um, being in a wheelchair, um, she, her family is elsewhere. Uh, her husband is gone. She has wisdom. She has the kind of wisdom, um, the, the hard won wisdom of people who um, sometimes we think are quirky and they are quirky. Um, and sometimes they can be a little bit of a pain in the neck, um, but they have something to offer. 
Um, and that's what she has to offer to this younger boy. Uh, and he's not, he's not really interested in her <laughs> at, the, at the beginning, but she, um, she has something to offer, offer him. And, and that's sort of kind of the way the story progresses is that they become closer. I should say that the boy is, his name is Rusty. He has some issues in his own life. Um, and you know, you don't have stories without a problem. And, and one of the problems that he has in his life is that his mom um, has, has, has become very depressed. And he lives on an island on the, on the main coast and mom has to be taken away to a clinic to recover um, and to be treated on the mainland. So he's a, he's a boy, he has a sister and his father's a good guy trying to hold, crazily hold the fam, family together. But he has a problem and, and that, that problem is that his mom isn't um, with the family. And into this situation, there comes this old, older woman who's not exactly your grandmother, but perhaps mm -hmm. like your grandmother, who kind of comes into that, into that void. And even though he, at first, is not interested at all in this older woman, he, they, they develop a kind of interesting relationship and they learn things from one another. Um, and then as a writer, you're thinking, where does the plot go? Mm -hmm. And if you're dealing with an older person, that person might come closer to, in this case, her, her end. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's the issue of what happens when mom comes back um, and, and doing, doing better, uh, comes back to the island, comes back into the family. So that's, those are the kinds of things that I'm sort of working with as a, as, as, as a writer and also as a, as a, as a, as a just, just a human, um, you know, questions, what can we learn from, you know, those people who precede us, uh, even though, they're feisty and prickly and all that. Uh, so that uh, that's not to cast aspersions on your grandmother. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> that's that's what my 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 Hazel is is like. So yeah. not a problem. I mean, my grandmother was feisty <clears throat> up until the very end. I mean, she yes. even said when because when you have the episode the scene in your book where the Rusty goes to visit Hazel in the hospital I'm like that's yeah. me going to visit my grandmother because that's one of yeah. the last memories I had and up yeah. until the end I mean 20 minutes after we left she passed away but she was like yeah. there's people outside in the corridor waiting for me because I don't know if you remember the commercials where they had the angels coming down when they had life insurance I forget it was Guardian <laughs> or something so she thought there was yeah. angels outside in white Great. suits ready to take a take her up to heaven. I mean, it was, that's yeah. just her. That was her quirkiness. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> one thing that I've, I think I've learned, um, just in, in, in my, my life, <clears throat> excuse me, is that people are who they are, even as they die. I, I mean, and, and in fact, it's, it's, it may be that, that sort of, a kind of essence of 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 people um, is is almost constant can, can be can be concentrated if if they're conscious 
um, right, right, right to the end. And it's, and it's actually, it's a beautiful thing. It's, it's a beautiful and, and extraordinarily powerful, powerful thing. And in this book, um, Hazel is unconscious for a while, but the boy Rusty comes to see her in the hospital. He's not altogether sure of this, but she's, she is in fact dying. And she comes to consciousness and what is it that she remembers? What is kind of really essential between the two of these two these people? And that essential thing is that sailboat ride that they took together where she lashed herself in the mast and he took her around. He, he went through this kind of storm or went through this high water with her. It, it, this this kind of I don't know kind of elemental experience where they where they were both I don't know how to put this um, as joyful as they could be as two human beings in a boat in a in a whole lot of wind and scared and happy and fully alive to one another and to the world around them in this kind of moment. And that's what she comes back to before mm -hmm. she passes away. Um, and I didn't know this when I was, you know, when you start writing, when you start writing, you don't know where you're going, but your characters kind of, your characters take you, help take you there. You, you keep thinking, what would she be like at this time? What would he be like as, at, at this time? So you just, you kind of, Writing isn't, you know, just having your fingers on a Ouija board, and but it's it's a lot of thinking. But it's 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 an awful your your characters kind of, um, they they take you where they want want to go. They, um, and that's that's where they that's where they wanted to go to get to this final moment between the two of them. I absolutely love that. And when we come back from our commercial, I would love if you would read part of your book. So, okay, commercial. Chats from the blog cabin. Hit subscribe and don't miss the next episode. Chats from the blog cabin. Enjoying this episode? Leave a review now. While human connections are the most important aspect of our lives, they can also be the most neglected. A couple of years ago, I attended a funeral of a close friend. She was loved and celebrated, with many testimonies sharing the profound effect she had on the lives of her friends. As I listened to these professions of love, gratitude, and admiration, I felt an intense sadness that these beautiful words were never shared with her. This experience forced me to reflect on what brought meaning to my life. It was the relationships, the human connections, those things that I and many others spend our lives ignoring or taking for granted, the things that we never say to each other. So I challenged myself to do better. At the age of 49, heading towards my 50th birthday, I made a list of 50 women from lifelong friends to new acquaintances 
Over the course of a year, I met one-on-one with all of them. And in the process, I learned more about myself than I had at any other time in my life. The gift of giving and receiving, of being both student and teacher, of finding meaning through human connection. These are those meetings. Welcome to the 50-50 Friendship Flow. Life lessons from and for my girlfriends. And we are back chatting with Bill. He's the author of Into the Wind, and he's going to read part of his book for us. Yes. Um, maybe I'll, I'll read the first chapter. The, this book, by the way, is um, it's called a middle grade book. That's, um, I think they, let's see, it's usually for, for like 8 to 12-year-olds. But the key, one of the key, interesting things about writing a book for 8 to 12-year-olds is... I believe eight to 12 year olds can, um, they can take on big issues. Mm-hmm. And, and so you're actually not right. If you read things like I, I was thinking about Charlotte's Web, it's, it's not just for children, it's for children on a, one level, but any adult who reads mm-hmm. a book like that will be deeply moved. Um, so anyway, why don't, uh, so I guess what I'm saying is this is not just for kids, <laughs> I hope um, but I hope it works for kids and, 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 and adults. Anyway, I'll read the, just the first chapter. These are, uh, it's a, these are short, relatively short chapters. And this is the first chapter and it's called, um, it's called Hazel. Hey kid, a gravelly voice called from behind me. Startled, I turned from bailing the afternoon rain out of my sailboat and saw this creepy old lady about 15 feet away on the dock, not far from where I'd left my bike. She was sitting in a wheelchair and looking straight at me. Kid, she called again, rolling right up to my my boat and touching it with the toes of her rubber-soled shoes. This boat, is it yours? I recognized her, though I didn't know her name. She owned the art barn, a tiny garage on Main Street, where she sold her paintings of the beach and the bay to the vacationers who take the ferry to our island from the mainland. Yes, I said, and I almost said, would you get your feet off my boat? Will you take me out in it, she asked. Up close like that, she looked scary, her pink scalp showing beneath her wiry white hair, her hands knobby, her chin whiskery, her face wrinkly and gray as driftwood. She wore a baggy blue sweatshirt. Will you take me sailing? Mom and dad have always told my sister Lizzie and me to be nice to old people. And Lizzie, being so smart and perfect at everything, would have found some nice way to get out of this situation. But I just looked down at my soaked sneakers and hoped this old lady would roll herself back down the dock and let me get on with my work. She didn't move. Kid, will you take me? I tried to put her off, maybe, sometime. Why not now? Was she kidding? My boat is an old cat boat, beat up but beautiful. It isn't much bigger than a rowboat. So even if I wanted to take her sailing, how in the world would I get her in her wheelchair aboard? Couldn't she see that the boat was still full of water? Look, I said, my sail's all rolled up. When I'm done bailing, 
I have to go. She cocked her head like a seagull. Where? I have things to do. Oh. One of her wispy eyebrows shot up. Like what? Well, things like homework, math. At this, she cracked up laughing, a kind of cackling sound, throwing back her white head, so I saw that some of her back teeth were missing. Homework, ha! On a beautiful afternoon like this in the summer? Unfortunately, it was true. I did have homework, usually. I'd failed math a few weeks before, after it got hard to concentrate on anything. So now I had to go to summer school, and I had to pass the course to start sixth grade with the rest of my class in September. It was also true that on that particular day, the day after the 4th of July, I didn't actually have, have any homework. Now the lady was shaking her head slowly in disbelief, like I didn't even know how to tell a good lie. Look, I don't know what you're asking me, why you're asking me all these questions, I said. I hardly know you. I've seen you around, she replied, not laughing anymore. And every now and then, your mom comes into my shop just to look around. She paused, thinking. The wrinkles on her forehead tightened. But I haven't seen her in a, for a while. What did she know about my mom? And how is it any of her business? I look, looked across the dark blue of the bay, in the darker blue of the sound toward the mainland, a thin green line like a thread on the horizon. Trying to focus again on bailing, I started scooping and pouring faster and faster, scooping and pouring, scooping and pouring. In my boat, there are always things like this that I can do, things I can fix, things I can take care of, unlike some of the other things that I couldn't do anything about. Like she, like she had nothing better to do, the old lady just sat there and watched me bail. Along with the scooping and pouring, there was the rocking of the low waves, the squinch of the rubber fenders against the dock, the screams of the gulls, the sticky, salty smell of the breeze, and the late afternoon sun baking my back. Ten minutes later, she still hadn't moved, and it was getting more and more creepy, her sitting there just watching me like that. You know, I said, looking up, my name isn't Kid. She leaned forward in her wheelchair. What is it? Her shoulders were sloped, but she held her chin high. Her eyes were gray, but gleaming. No, really, I want to know. You remind me of someone. Her eyes stayed glued on me, and for a second, I had the sense that if she was closer, she might have reached out and touched my arm. Rusty, I answered. My name's Rusty. She nodded. Okay, then Rusty, will you take me sailing, please? I'm done with my work for the day. I'd love to go. I haven't been in years. By the way, my name is Hazel, like the color. Without waiting for an answer, she went right on. See those boards over there? She glanced toward the end of the dock and a small stack of two by six inch boards, each about four feet long, that Jack, the maintenance man at the marina, was using for repairs. If we bring some of them over here, she said, we can make a ramp for my wheelchair. We'll put the boards side by side. We'll set the ends of each on the edge of the dock and the other ends in the middle of your boat. 
then I'll do the rest. She had this way of using the word we, as if she and I were on some team together, her team, and I had the feeling that she thought all this out before she'd even asked me. But it was totally crazy. No way was she going to be was she going to be in my boat. That's not going to work, I said. Plus, I have to get home for supper. It could be a short sail, just a half hour. Why don't we sail over to Half Tide Rock and back? The weather's perfect. It'd be grand, she said. Why was she being like this? If I wasn't standing in my boat, I'd have just walked away from her. I shook my head. No. She gave me a long, hurt, disappointed look, as if to say, I expected so much more of you. Where's your sense of adventure? At last, she seemed to give in. Oh, well. She let out a laugh, uh, let out a sigh, her shoulders lifting and falling. I tried. Then she brightened a bit. But at least you said you'd take me some time. So I suppose that could be tomorrow, or then the day after, or even next week. But sometime we'll go sailing. Right, kid? So much for giving in. She turned and rolled herself back down the dock, her elbows sticking out like chicken wings, her narrow tires thunk thunking over the planks. Twenty feet away she stopped and seesawed her wheels so that before she'd go on her way, she could peer over at me, over her shoulder. Her eyes twinkled in a way that held my eyes on hers. Sometime, Rusty, I'll remember that. That's the first chapter. And I absolutely love that. I mean, you can see that the determination of the of the elderly woman wanting to assert her will on the young boy. Exactly. Like, no. And then when you mention her, the Rusty's mom and that very first, you're building that whole thing up to what's wrong with Rusty's mom. What happened to Rusty's mom? Because right. we're not really sure until I think halfway through the book, we we kind of finally figure out what is wrong with it because there's all the different. I mean, you give different symptoms, but I, for me, I thought maybe it was alcohol, maybe it was drug abuse, maybe it was something like yeah. that. And when you finally came up with depression, I'm like, wow, seeing it from the kid's side of point of view is something. Yeah. So that's one of the things that your books touch on some heavy topic. Why is it important for us to, for writers, not us, but for writers to write and for readers to read about these heavy topics in children's literature? Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a good question. Um, <clears throat> because sometimes, you know, we tend to think that kids' books are, um, you know, they're just, you know, just about having a lot of fun. Um, a couple of answers to that. First of all, this age group, kids that are, from, are between like 8 and 12 years old, um, <clears throat> by the time you're that age, you've run into some of these large issues, I think. Um, by the time you're eight, 12, many kids have lost, for instance, a pet. Mm -hmm. um, a pet has died. Numbers of them have lost a grandparent, possibly, by, by, by that time. Um, and if they haven't lost, had those kinds of losses, they've at least heard about them. They've been touched by those kinds of those kinds of things. Um, 
things like like depression i think you know in in many families there's overt depression people are on the edge of it it's 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 part of the world the losses are part of the world that we live in and part of the world even the children live in though i'd like it to be <laughs> to be as happy and joyful mm -hmm. as 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 possible and in rusty's world his his mom has gone he's still fill, filled with joy and filled mm -hmm. with 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 um fun and he shares a lot of that mm -hmm. with hazel um and, and in fact hazel brings him back into a lot of that joy and a lot of that fun they spit watermelon seeds together mm -hmm. they have a watermelon seed spitting kind of contest they joke with each other um he he goes and uh does some work in her house as their relationship as their their bond begins to grow grow stronger and they have a lot of they have a lot of a lot of fun together um but i write about these other things so in part because we all as children and adults we we need to be able to live with them and try to understand them and to um, gain wisdom from our encounters with with whatever losses that 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 we have and that's what happens to that's i think what happens to rusty his life has been hazel's life ends at the end but his life has been enriched by hers and that's a way of kind of under one, one way of understanding loss is that we can grow we, we, we can grow from it. even though it's hard you know it breaks our hearts we can we can still we can still grow grow from it um in, in part understanding that we can pass along hopefully some wisdom when we get to my be my age <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know so um i i i think that um, I, I, I think the children at that age are ready for um, stories where where loss is 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 a part of, of, of the story, um, and I, I um, so that's why that's one of the reasons I I I, I wrote about I wrote about it. Um, yeah, uh, I, I guess when I was eight to twelve years old, you know, there were there were there were tough issues. There were tough mm -hmm. tough things going on, and um, uh, that that was part of the mix of 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 life at at that at, at that age. I so that's like, that's why. Yeah, yeah go I ahead. Also like in the book where you kind of have Rusty like has two separate lives for a while: his life with Hazel and his life home with his family. But toward the <laughs> yeah. end, he kind of they kind of merge because then they realize 
Because, I mean, his parents were trying to get him to talk more about what Hazel meant to him, especially yeah. when he brought home the painting, which I have to ask, because the way you uh, described the painting, are you a painter or do you know someone that paints? Because the way you described it, I could visually see the painting in my head. Yeah. Yeah. I said, just backtrack a little, just say, say that Hazel is an, uh, is, is an artist um, and she, she, um, she runs a place called the Art Barn, which is a small place where she sells her painting on, on Main Street. Or um, and she's, um, uh, she gives him a painting um, because he's, he's interested in the work that she, she does. And she gives him a painting, which he puts up on over his bed. Um, and um, I, um, I'm not a painter. <laughs> I should say that straight away. I can't draw a stick. Um, you know, straight line. I I can't draw a straight line. Um, but I know some people who. Uh, uh, well, I, I, I've I've gone to numbers of art museums and you know looked closely at at at, at paintings that I admire, and um, you know I know some people who are artists, um, and. You know, I try to be attentive to 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 what they do, but um, Melissa, what you what the, the passage you're, you're talking about is is I was trying to describe a painting that um, Hazel makes of, uh, of 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 what they shared, which is that moment of being out on 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 the water in that kind of windstorm, and. Um, I, I wanted to to make the painting itself be exci as exciting as 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 a as a as, as something could be on canvas as the event itself. And if you look really closely at a lot of paintings, you see the brush strokes, you see the blobs of paint, you see, you see the way that the painter manipulated the 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 oil. Um, and so I I tried to bring as much of that knowledge in, in, into it. Writing, much of writing is about paying attention, really paying attention to details um, and looking closely. And so what, when I was writing that, I was trying to look as closely as I could at what I imagined her painting to be like. Um, you know, when you see the way, I mean, it's magic what, what mm -hmm. painters, painters do, the way that Different colors can meld. Uh, so anyway, that's that's what I was. That's that, my job is to look closely at things. Uh, <laughs> but she painted that a, picture so well that people could, with your words, yeah. that people could actually imagine what that painting looked like. Yeah. Um, you know, as I, you know, uh, like I say, it's my job. If if my job was yours, I, I, I well, first of all, I wouldn't be able to do it. But you know, <laughs> you, you just you you you. Uh, you know that's that's a place where where I, as a writer, say my job is to make this painting come alive as much as I can make it come alive, so that it comes alive in the reader's mind mm -hmm. um, through through reading the words that the reader can see that painting. At other times when I'm writing, I'm I'm thinking, you know, I have to like bring Hazel's apartment alive and vivid in the mind of the reader. And how do I do that? I have a little thing on my 
little note, a little sticky note that's all frayed by now on my, my, my lamp here. And it says, feel, taste, smell. And it also says passion and energy. All those, it's, it's writing is very much a matter of, or, or, or at least the kind of writing that I do is a matter of the senses and trying to um, and evoke the senses. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I if, if I'm trying to describe a room among other things, what does it smell like? <laughs> you know, so you, that's, that's what, that's kind of what I, what I, what I do. And the painting was just, you know, a, a particular sort of moment where I knew I had to really get it. Mm-hmm. So, um, because among other things, that painting tells you something about Hazel and her, her own kind of wildness. It's a kind of wild painting. Mm-hmm. Um, and paintings tell you about the painter. So that's, you know, that's, I knew what my job was when I was writing that page. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Now let's talk Thank about the importance, the importance of having interge- intergenerational friendships that, you know, yeah. of the friendship between Rusty and Hazel, because a lot of times people tend to dis- discard the elderly in our, in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel this more and more as I get older. <laughs> um, yeah, I. Um, it, it's in our culture. We our our culture, I think, in particular, sort of romanticizes youth, and and it's a, it's a youth. We we are still a youth culture, and uh, um, but older people have extraordinary things to 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 offer. I was pretty lucky to have. I mean. I, at the time, it's interesting. At the time, I thought, what a pain in the neck. But I had a grandmother um, who lived with my family uh, for a number of years, for a few years before um, I went off to college. And, you know, at the time, I thought, what? What's she doing here? <laughs> huh. But, um, you know, in retrospect, she had some things to, to, um, to offer. And, you know, I, I, I think it's, it's, um, it's an under-celebrated mm-hmm. relationship in kind of in, 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 in our world, but it, older people have a lot to offer and also younger people have a lot to offer the o- older people. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, we're coming up to Thanksgiving. Um, you, you may around that table, if, if you have a nice table with a lot of people around, it will be an, an assortment of ages. Um, and, you know, if the grandmother has told that story 300 times, <laughs> um, there's a, probably a reason for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and listen to it uh, or, or listen to it as openly as, 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 as you can. Um, these friendships, I guess what I'm saying is, is, is I wanted to create a friendship that was really important and important to both parties. Um, and I think Hazel was, is, was really important in, in Rusty's life, was actually transformative in, 
in his life. Um, and maybe even vice, vice versa, both of their lives were, were enriched by, by this kind of friendship. It's, you know, I know my daughter had a pretty a great relationship with, with her maternal grandfather and her, and her maternal grandmother who's still living and my mom. Uh, and uh, those things are important. Those things are, uh, among other reasons, is because those children will become grandparents themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, <laughs> right? Now, are you working on anything else now that Into the Wind is out? Is there anything else that you're working on? Do you have other things in the works? Yeah, uh, I work on... Uh, Okay, we have lost him for a minute, so I'm going to see if he's come back. But like I said, Into the Wind is pretty awesome. It reminded me a lot of my grandmother. Um, her name's Hazel. Um, and she actually died when I was going into my ninth grade year of high school. So I lost both my grandmothers in the same year. And I'm waiting to see if Bill comes back on. Um, I'm going to get him in a minute or two. We're going to go to a quick commercial, and then we'll be right back. Homeschooling just got easier and deliciously fun. My new book, Dishing Up Devotions, 36 Faith-Building Activities for Homeschooling Families, is a delightful devotional the whole family will love. With encouragement for mom, fun family activities, conversation starters, and simple baking recipes, it's sure to feed your family's faith while building lasting memories in just minutes a week. Then we're back. Bill, you're back. We had a little technical issue there. Sorry about that. I don't know where that came from. Goodness. <laughs> it's good to good to see you again. <laughs> so the question I ask is, are you working on anything right now? Yes. Um, a couple of things. Um, one is another one is an, another children's book of one one sort or another. And right now I'm um, oh, I can tell you about this. It's it's I don't know whether it'll become a book. One thing's one of the things you don't know is uh, when, when you're writing is whether it will, it's a great leap of faith, whether it will actually become, whether it come together. And, and it's the same with, with this book. You just kind of follow your characters. This is a nonfiction book. Um, it's, it's a, um, we'll, we'll see if it ever becomes something, but it's, um, it's about my mom who recently died. And in her last six years of life, um, oh, I can tell you, uh, she was a, um, uh, a, a Christian, um, she fell in love with um, a, a, a person who was um, a survivor of the Holocaust uh, and, and, and Jewish. And um, I'm exploring, that's the kind of stuff I get into. I'm exploring that history of how these two very different people came to love each other and or, or came to just mean, you can see maybe there's a, I, I see a relationship between this and, and Into the Wind is, Two very different people coming together, so that's the kind of that's the kind of trouble I get into, and whether whether it'll pan out, I don't know. Oh wow! <laughs> so, I really I would love to read that book if you ever write ooh. it because that that sounds like a really interesting the way they found each other later on in life and you know different backgrounds yeah. and everything. I love that. Yeah, yeah. There's there's uh, um yeah. What's what's how do I put this? 
What's always surprising to me is, um, is, is, is the hu human beings, their instinct to connect mm -hmm. and, and, and their instinct to, to help. And even with all the terrible news that we always get, always seem to get, but, but there's, there's, and it's, it's worth, it's worth celebrating. It's worth remembering. It's worth, um, uh, keeping close to us that, that we're here. We're not here. I don't think to, to be lonely. We're here, we're, we're social creatures and we're here to, um, to give, to give to other, I think to, to give to other people. I say that as a person, as a writer, and you're usually sitting at your desk lonely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but when but, I get out of, but it's important to it's. I don't know. There's there's this there's a, a beautiful instinct, I think, uh, and um, it's 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 just so important to be reminded of that. I'm sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead. Going back to what you just said about being a writer and you're sitting at your desk lonely, you're not really lonely because you have your characters there and they're they're like almost like you can almost hear them talking to you as you're writing. Yeah, yeah, and 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 just to to even complicate that, you're absolutely right about that. I mean, your characters become part of this little world that's in in your in your head, but you also um, and and this doesn't necessarily just apply to me as as a so-called professional writer, but anybody who who writes a story, you envision who it is that you're writing to, mm -hmm. um, and in that sense, you know you're not really lonely. There's someone <laughs> when you're writing, nobody's talking back at yeah. you, <laughs> but you are. You're trying. To, you're you're trying to communicate, mm -hmm. and 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 that's one way that you're moving out of loneliness. I I I, I suspect. Um, at least that's how I feel. Yeah. I love that. Our time is almost up. Do you have one last little nugget that you want to share with people? Oh, gosh. Um, what can I share with people? I don't have all that many nuggets, actually. I guess, I guess um, I'm trying to think well, what, what, what's, what's best. I think, I think maybe just to leave it, leave it there with, with the notion that, um, well, maybe I'll just kind of come back to what I was, a little bit what I was saying before, that um, in encouraging your, your viewers to, um, and I know what, what you're, what you, you try to help people in their everyday lives, I think. Mm -hmm. um, is it that maybe one thing that can contribute to or two things that can contribute to the everyday lives of people is to read with your children mm -hmm. to 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 read and and this is I'm, I'm happy to pump my book but to read mine and read others mm -hmm. that you feel can add meaning to 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 the lives of your yourself and your children and 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 then also if you feel like writing write 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 down it, it may not get published but Somebody will read it down the, the down. Somebody will read it down the ro road. But um, read, yeah. I think the best thing, my, the best best nugget. I there's nothing more terrific as a parent than reading to your children or with your children. That's actually a, a reading with your children. It's it's you're sharing something um, 
that's that's really intimate. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'd say do as much of that as you can. Um, maybe get away from some of the videos and get that child in your <laughs> in your lap and read. So that's my my note my note from on high. <laughs> I love that. Now tell people where they can find you at. Uh, yeah, I have a website and it's right there. It's www.www.william. And then there's this weird last name. Uh, it's L O I Z E A U X.com. That's, that's the, that's the challenge is that, that last, last name, but um, <laughs> that'll get, that'll get you to my website and, and other books. I've, uh, if you're interested in children's literature, I've written, written a couple of other children's, children's books. So, um, yeah, that's, that's me. <laughs> and where they can grab your book at? Yeah, just, um, Amazon. I think amazon.com will get you. You can, you can put into the wind. Uh, you can, you can Google, you can Google into the wind, mm -hmm. uh, and get to any number of places where it's, uh, for sale. And it's also for sale in some bookstores too. And so, I love um, the picture of their writing sailing out. I love it. It's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. When, when the publisher, uh, when the, when the publisher, uh, showed me that photo I, or, the, or that painting, I said, yeah, that's the one. Love that. So Bill, I want to thank you for coming on and for sharing your book, um, for letting me be able to read it to, for you to come on to kind of review it for including Hazel in there, because I think <laughs> the name Hazel, I think is going to be synonymous with feisty, feisty people, because I don't think I've, there's very few people I've met that are named Hazel. So thank you for including that name. Cause that's a special name, like I said to me, and I cannot wait to see what else you have on um, coming up and you're welcome to come back anytime and discuss anything else that you've written. Well, thank you for, uh, thanks for having me aboard. All right. So guys, the book is Into the Wind and I will put in the show notes where you can find Bill as well as where you can find Into the Wind. And this is a great book um, as a former teacher. Cause I'm a, I didn't tell you that I'm oh. a former teacher. Wow. So as a former teacher, I would definitely recommend this. Um, I also read a lot with my three girls when they were younger. So even if you're not a young adult and you're an adult, you can still pick up this book. There's something in there for everybody. I honestly think so. Keep chatting, be blessed and pick up a book. See you guys on the next episode of chats from the blog cabin. Bye. 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 Good luck. Chats from the blog cabin. We not only have voices for a podcast, but also faces for YouTube. Don't miss your next episode.